Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Mother's Day is just a beautiful day and today I get to bring a message and I have to say I'm a little bit nervous but hey, I'll be okay. I'll get through this, you know, because I'm a woman and we can get through it, right? We can do anything, right? Girls, come on, we can do this. Um, Perhaps you sit here today and you think, you know, I'm not a real, really worthy of, of love or I'm not really good enough or maybe you're thinking um, that, that there's no hope or that you feel a little bit hopeless. My prayer today is that this message will allow you to walk out this door at a change in your heart, that you are loved, that you are worthy and there is hope and there is hope for your future. So um, that kind of brings me to this mes- my message today. You know, while planning it, I... Um, I was just like, this This word came upon me and it's preached quite a bit and the word is used quite often. Today, I'm going to preach on hope. You know, uh, in the English, it's actually an abstract noun is what I found. An abstract noun is not something you can grab with your five senses. You know, you can't hear it, you can't see it, you can't touch it, but it actually comes from a feeling. It comes from a thought or, or, or our imagination. It's like love. It's something we feel. So it's often that we can kind of use that word hope and it can kind of be thrown around kind of lightly, right? You know, like for, for some of us as mums, we're like, I hope the baby sleeps through the night tonight. I hope that, that, that when that, my toddler just kissed me with all that snot on his nose, that I'm not going to get what he's got. You know, there, there's, there's, I hope tomorrow when I go to work that somebody's left their lunch in the fridge and I can take it. No, you're not doing that, are you? <laughs> Who's a lunch stealer? Nobody's a lunch stealer out there. Um, you know, so, and I hope that it doesn't rain tomorrow. Actually, the Sydney weather's pretty good, isn't it? It's a bit chilly, but it's pretty amazing. My, my kind of lighthearted story of hope is I grew up a country girl. Um, you can probably hear by the twang in my language, I'm not a city slicker. I'm a country bumpkin. I'm a Dolby girl. Um, I don't know if you know where Dolby is. I grew up in Dolby and Roma, which is in Western Queensland. And uh, we also grew up on the poorer side of things. My mum was a single mum and we drove a, a green Gemini. Does anybody remember the Geminis? Yeah, we had a Gemini. And I think it was like not just used, I think it was used, used, used and used again. It was used quite a few times. And not only was it a Gemini, it was frog green. But you know, my mum got it for a good price. So she's like this, she thought it was the best blessing in the world. We're like, okay. I guess growing up since then, I've like asked God for a little bit more than a green Gemini. But anyway, the other problem with this green Gemini is it had a shock absorber problem. So not only was it a Gemini, and not only was it frog green, it squeaked as loud. I, I'm not, I'm, I can't even explain how loud it was. I'm sure as people went past, they'd all stare at us. So I remember when I lightly threw the word hope, I would get in the car and I would say, 
I hope my mum doesn't drive down the main street of Dolby today because I don't want any of my friends to see me. So, you know, hope is there. And, and today I am actually going to go into where the word hope derived from because you know that the word hope can be used lightly, but I want it to come from the foundations of our lives. We're going to talk about the true hope, the true hope that is found in only one person. And you're not going to be surprised, are you, who I'm going to share that with. So we're going to go into sharing I'm going to go into sharing about where hope actually came from. It's actually one of the first times in history that the word hope is found, and it's found in the Old Testament. So we are going to look in God's Word in the book of Joshua. I'm going to set the story up with you a little bit. It's, the, it's a story of Rahab. And, you know, I wanted to also share that today's story is not... Today's message is not just for women. I believe that the men in this place too can walk away with something that I've spoken. And if it's not something you can walk away with, it's something you can impart in a woman in your life. So, you know, this is the story about Rahab. And what had happened is um, uh, Joshua had just been given, uh, given the authority from Moses to take, go into the promised land and he wanted to go into Jericho and take over Jericho. But before he wanted to take it over, he sent some spies in. And these spies went into Jericho. And what they did is they were smart. Because they were Israelites, they would never have thought that a, a, a set of spies would hide in a place where Rahab lived. Because Rahab was considered a harlot or a prostitute. It was where travellers came by and the Israelite men were actually quite known as with high morals and would never find themselves there. So that is where the two spies found themselves. So let's go ahead and take up the reading from Joshua 2, 8 to 21. Are you ready to join me this morning? Let's go. Okay. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in the country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did in Sihon and Og, the two kings of Amorites, east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you for the Lord. Lord, your God is God in heaven, above and on earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and my mother, my brothers and my sisters and, who and everyone who belongs to them and that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives. The men assured her, if you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully. And when the Lord gives you us the land, oh, sorry, where am I at? So she let them down by a rope through the window for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. She said to them, go to the hills so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there for three days until they return and then go on your way. Now the men had said to her, this oath you have made us 
swear will not be binding on us unless we enter the land you have tied, this scarlet cord to the window through which you let us down. And unless you have brought your father and mother and your brothers and all your family into your house, if any of them go outside your house into the street, their blood will be their own. We will not be responsible. As for those who are in your house, their blood will be on your head. If a hand is laid on them, But if you tell what we are doing, we will be released from the oath you made us swear. Agreed, she replied. Let it be as you say. She sent them away and they departed and she tied the scarlet cord to the window. So I know there was a lot of reading, but I kind of felt like I had to give you a little setup to where I'm going to. But when we look at what Rahab was left, she was left with something out of Survivor. Have you all seen Survivor? You know, where they say, uh, what do they say at the end? Um, when they put the, the light out, I can't even remember what they say, but anyway, he, he goes, uh, your light's out, you're out of here. But if you have something that's around your neck on that show called Survivor, if you have the immunity necklace, they are saved. And really what happened to Rahab was that hope. She was kind of given a, a, an immunity necklace. She was said, told that if you get this rope, if I just got this from Bunnings. I don't think they would have had a Bunnings in uh, the Jericho walls. So we, Miles and I headed to Bunnings and we found this rope to give you a visual of what was left for her. And uh, this is what she would have been left. Hanging, reminding her that they'll be back to save her. And you want to know the coolest thing about this red rope? The, the Hebrew word in, of this scarlet rope is tikvah. The Hebrew word for tikvah is hope, expectation. And it also means cord or rope, which comes from a root word that means to bind or wait for or upon. One of the first times we see the word hope in history is a red cord. And for English, it's hard because we take our English, like I was talking before, it's an abstract noun, it can be thrown around. But the Hebrew, when God created the Hebrew nation and he created the pictographs and he created words, he wanted to give us a little bit more than just a little bit of uh, light that this is what it means. So a lot of Hebrew words are actually more concrete. And so what we're left with in this is that hope is a rope. Everything she saw, she was reminded of this hope. Every time she saw it, she was reminded of the hope. Every time she looked upon it, she reminded of that conversation that her life is going to be spared that she is going to be saved as long as she was obedient to what was asked of her. And it wasn't just her that was going to be saved. It was her whole family. And the beautiful thing about God and the Old Testament is just as we just had done Passover and we talked about the blood of the lamb being on the doorposts that saved them from the death angel The same blood of the lamb is Jesus and is the blood of the lamb that that saves us today. And everywhere you go through the Bible of the Old Testament, the thread of our Messiah, the thread of Jesus is all through it. And here again, we see the thread of hope in our lives. 
It wasn't just for Rahab. This thread of hope is for you today. This thread of hope in Jesus Christ is something you can take upon and you can wrap it and look at it and do so much with it. And that is what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about a literal, what does this literal rope do and how can we bridge it to our lives? How can we bridge a rope of hope to our lives? How can this be a representation of us, of of Jesus in our lives? So it's interesting, isn't it, that it was red. It was red. Now, why do you think it was red? I mean, it's good colour. Everyone likes the colour red. Now, it's because God is actually very detailed. He likes to make sure that he crosses the T's and dots the I's. So he made that red rope rope red. And not only did he make that rope red, if you look at a rope for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, even today as we went into Bunnings, most of the ropes are tied with three strands. Three strands is a great representation of what the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. So the rope of hope The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit was left for Rahab, but it's also left in our lives. So as I talk about the the crossover from Rahab to us today, I want you to see that that story isn't just a Bible story that we get to read, but is actually an, an opportunity for us to acknowledge what hope really is for us. So when we think of a rope, when we think of a rope, what are the things we think of? I was able to kind of come down to three phases of hope that I saw Rahab go through. And I think we also go through the same things in our lives when it comes to hope in our lives. Because let's be honest, COVID took a lot of hope away from our lives. There was some hopelessness. There were some weddings that were cancelled. There was proms that, formals we didn't get to go to, birthdays that we didn't get to go to. It was two years of consistent disappointment. And what that does, it can lead us to hopelessness. But from today onward, we are going to be reminded that we have the true hope of Jesus Christ and we don't need to live this life in a hopeless manner. We can live it knowing that we have this cord reminded in our lives. So I believe the first phase that um, Rahab, Rahab did toward her, her hope and saw this was the look. If you think about our lives, after she, the, the spies had gone, all she had was this. And all we have is the promise of the resurrected Christ, Jesus Christ in our lives. We have that, right? And we have to know it's real. Just as this rope is real in front of you, that is the hope that is real for you today in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the hope that is in your life. So what would have happened is after they left, it was a long time. Like the, the, the Bible talks about how hope is waiting. And if you look in from the spies leaving all the way to them coming back, a lot happened. You can go and read it for yourself. That's actually quite a lot that happened. So Rahab would have had a lot of waiting. She would have had a lot of things going on in her life. She would have had a huge amount of trying to talk everybody into this rope that was left. You've got to be in my house. You've got to come be here when they come. There was a lot 
going on. And so she would have been distracted with probably emotional issues with the family. She would have been distracted with, did they really, are they really going to do what they say? There was a lot of distractions. And just like in our life, we can be distracted. We can be distracted by things and, and, and maybe hopes of, of the world that, that we're hoping for, and it's just not happening. And the wait is getting hard. But what God is saying is look and fix your eyes to the hope. See, Rahab looked every time I believe she started doubting herself, every time she thought that, that it's going to be over, every time she thought that, that they're not coming back, every time one of her friends or one of her family said, this isn't going to work, she had this reminder, a real reminder that they are coming back and so do you. You have a reminder as well that Jesus is here for you. He is your hope. And you've just got to fix your eyes on him. Take your eyes off the circumstances of disappointment. Take your eyes off the past and what things have gone wrong. Take your things, your eyes off the things that disappoint you. Fix your eyes to the hope in Jesus Christ. That is, as women, how we are going to live a life of, of hopefulness and not hopelessness. You know, there's a verse in the Bible that says, deferred hope makes the heart sick. And you know what? Deferred is waiting. The waiting and the waiting and the waiting of a hope that we may have put in something. That hope that they talk about isn't the hope of Jesus. It's how we wait for things to happen. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And then you get to a point. Think about it. Over COVID, it didn't happen. And now we're kind of in a little bit of a role of it's not going to happen. But God wants us to shift because it's actually up to us whether we allow our hearts to become sick it's actually in our hands because we have the hope of Jesus that we must fix our eyes to. If you read on from that scripture, I don't have it with me, but it pretty much says we must put our hope in the tree of life, which is Jesus Christ. So that is where we need to put our hope. So the look, can I remind you today that when you are hopeless, when you feel like there's a whirlwind happening around you and, the, and then and everything is going wrong, be reminded to fix your eyes on Jesus let me tell you this verse, if I can find it, because I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> I don't even know how I'm going for time. Okay, nine minutes. We, um, in Hebrews 12, 2, it says, We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, hey? The champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joys awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honour beside God's throne. So can I encourage you? Look to the cross. Look to Jesus. Look to the rope of hope, the tikvah in your life, because that is what it's going to get you through. Nothing else is going to get you through except this right here. Secondly, I think that the other thing when you think about a rope and what Rahab would have had to do is she would have had to hold. So my point two is the hold. So we've got the look and then we've got the hold. How many times is it, do you hear, hear that saying, hang in there, 
Hang in there. Don't let go. And that is exactly what what I think um, is getting at here. So many times I believe Rahab would have really fixed her eyes. Yes, I remember. But when she was really praying at night and looking outside that window and thinking nothing's going to happen, all she had on to hold on to was this, was that hope. And, and I, I think the hard thing about the hold is depending on where we are in our life. You know, sometimes we're really going through some tough times and sometimes it's really hard to hold on. But you know why we hold on? to the hope in Jesus, because we trust him, because there's a trust. When we hold on to a rope, if we're on a mountaintop or going on a mountain, our only hope to get to the top or to save us from falling is to hold on to the rope. And that is what we have to do in our lives. You know, there's the look where we fix our eyes on Jesus. We, look, we fix our eyes on the author and the finisher of our faith, but we also must hold on. We got to hold on with everything we've got. And you know, at the end of the day, holding on takes effort. It does. Sometimes the last thing we want to do is hold on to anything. Sometimes life's just kicked us in the guts way too much that I don't want to hold on to anything. It's just too hard. I can't do it anymore. But be reminded that just as this real rope sits before you, so does the realness of the trust that you can put on Jesus Christ. Because that is what they're wanting you to, what, what God is wanting you to see in this word hope, that it is as real as this rope that you can look to and you can hold on to. Um, it makes me think of that 1990 song. Has anyone remember that? Hold on for one more day. Wilson Phillips? Come on. That is like... The song of the 90s, I have to say, it was like, I know this pain, you know, and then hold on for one more day. And that's what he wants us to do. Hold on for one more day. I know it's not a Christian song, but come on, it's a 90s song. It's close. <laughs> Anything in the 80s and the 90s is close to Jesus, isn't it? <laughs> so let's just hold on. Can I encourage you, if you're wanting, ready to let go, if you're ready to say, I can't do this anymore, trust Him. He wants you to trust Him with your life. Even when the, the, the doctor's report is just horrible and terrible, just trust Him through it. He's got your life in His hands. If your child's not well and you're thinking, what's going to happen? Hold on to Him. Hold on to His Word. Hold on to the, tr the promises that He's given you. I am not even looking at my notes, so I don't even know where I am. I, I wrote down that holding on is a choice. Holding on takes effort and holding on can get tiring, right? So literally hang in there. Don't let go. Don't let the deferred hope cause you to fall into deep sadness and hopelessness. Let the tikvah hold you. It's a bind. It talks about a bind that happens I reckon when God says, I got you, he gets it and he wraps it and he's like, I got you, I'm binding you close to me. I'm keeping you close. Don't you worry, I'm here with you. I know this world is a broken, horrible place, but you know what? You got this. You got this hope and you can share it in Jesus' name. And finally, I've got one more verse here for the, for the, for the hold on. It says, let us, Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold tightly, without wavering to the hope we affirm. 
For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Trust him to keep his promise. What does it say? Let us hold tightly. Hold tightly to the hope. And lastly, when you think of a rope and you think about Rahab, and when she was finally, the spies had finally come, there was a stretch. You think of when someone is going up a mountain and they want to get to the top, it's a stretch. They got to stretch to pull themselves up. Because at the end of the day, we can get pretty comfortable just holding on. You're like, oh, holding on is great. But you know what? God's calling you out. He's like, it's time to stretch. It's trying to grab on and pull yourself up or get yourself to safer ground because that is what we are called to do. We're called to stretch. You know, Rahab, to get into salvation, to save her life, she wasn't just going to hold on and be like, oh. She had to pull herself down. And just like a mountain climber, to get to higher ground, he's got to pull himself up. And there's times in our lives and phases in our lives that it's time to stretch. And you know, God meets us where we're at. Jesus meets us right where we're at. You know, there might be, Bonnie, I don't want to stretch right now. That's all right, hold on. But you know, some of you are really doing quite well. You're like, you know what? Finances are good. Kids are good. Family life's good. Uh, relationships are good. Everything's good. Can I challenge you? It's time to stretch. Maybe there's something in your life, that, in your finances, that you can give more to. You know, maybe, maybe there's a, a, a relationship that God's saying you need to build on and, and make better. Or maybe there's someone in your workplace that's been a little bit like difficult and it's time to stretch and make it easier. Think about where you are in your life, each and every one of you. And think about where you can stretch. Because at the end of the day, we get to higher ground when we stretch and we pull our way up. There's a verse in Isaiah 54 too. It says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. That is what Jesus ultimately wants for us in this world. It doesn't, it's not just about us. And you think about Rahab, it wasn't just about her. It was about her whole family. She had to save a whole family. She had to stretch herself like never before. And just like Rahab, God is asking you to stretch and enlarge in your capacity, enlarge in your generosity, enlarge in your grace, enlarge in your forgiveness. Enlarging it, stretch. That's what it's all about. You know, the most beautiful thing about the story of Rahab is if you read later, she actually was um, saved by the spies and her family was saved. She went and joined the Israelites and became a Jew. They welcomed her in. She's celebrated quite famously in the Old Testament as a Jewish woman because she took on their God. She took on their faith. And what was beautiful about Rahab is it's known that she actually married a man named Salmon. And Rahab and Salmon are in direct lineage to Jesus Christ. 
all because of a rope of hope. And what about, how about a hope fulfilled? A hope fulfilled in her life when hopelessness, when she thought everything was devastating. And, you know, I'm, my, I'm, my life, she knew this, these guys are going to come take over. She knew who she needed to align herself with. Align yourself with Jesus. Align yourself with the hope. Be there with Him. He, he'll tie you close by wherever you are in your life. He'll be there. The hope, the tikvah in our lives is about the absolute reliability of God, which is anchored in the completed evidence of Christ's resurrection. It's the reassurance we can wait patiently for God to complete His purposes, regardless of what happens to us, regardless of what happens to us. Don't lose hope. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that today's message was a challenge. Yes, it was, but we pray that today, as men and women, that we put our hope in You, that we put our hope in Jesus Christ. God, we thank You for this reminder of the hope, of the tikvah, of the red rope. And today, we look to it. We fix our eyes. We take our eyes off the hurt and the pain and the suffering. And God, we hold on. We hold on to the hope in You. We hold on to the hope and trust You today. And God, I pray that if there is an area where we need to stretch, God, that You will stretch us and You will reveal to us where we need to be stretched.